Welcome to Wake Up and Pay Attention, the podcast fueling positive change from the inside out. I'm Mark Robertson, your host. With over 25 years as a professional coach, I'm thrilled to explore the personal growth tools that have helped me and hundreds of people just like you design and awaken to their best life. If you've ever felt overwhelmed and unfulfilled, like you're just going through the motions day after day, maybe you're afraid one day all the balls are going to drop, you're in the right place. Together, let's expand our self-awareness and make sustainable shifts that improve our communication skills, relationships, and overall well-being. This is a judgment-free zone where openness, understanding, and support rule. So grab your headphones and get ready. It's time to wake up and pay attention. Hello, and welcome to episode two of my podcast, Wake Up and Pay Attention. I'm excited to get into the second episode today and continue where we started from episode one. So what are we really up to in this podcast? I guess the simplest way I could say it would be we're going on a learning journey together as my podcast evolves over time. My hope is that if you listen and you try some of the concepts that I'm talking about, you'll create growth. You'll create change in your life for the better. So to me, that's human learning. So we're going to go on a learning journey together. And I think the way that this will unfold will be in many ways similar to the way that I do it with my one-on-one coaching clients. So I'm looking at you almost as my audio coachee, and I'll be your audio coach, so to speak. And so the next step of that learning journey is today will be to really kind of get into some of the foundational ideas that I think are important to create that change in the growth that I'm talking about. And I'll approach it from the, in much the same way that I approach it if I was working with you as a one-on-one client. And so what does that mean? That means what's the starting point of any learning that I do with my clients? And that's essentially this. What we've got to do is I want to help you be more self-aware. I want to help you become a better observer of yourself. That is ground zero. You got to start noticing, paying attention and noticing what you're up to. And in particular, what I'm asking you to pay attention to and notice is how you tend to observe yourself, others that are in your life and your world, because it all starts there with how you observe. And what I mean by that is like, I called it your way of being last time, but it's like how you see, think, feel, and act day in, day out, moment to moment. My experience has been that becomes habitual over your lifetime and we get entrenched in the way that we tend to observe. And that's both good and bad. In many ways that works for us in in the areas of your life where you're getting the results you want, things are working, it's working. But in those places where you're not getting what you want, your life isn't the way you want, then we can say that habitual way of observing is not working for you. And so in order to change it, we've got to first notice it. And so that's what my work with my clients is about is always about helping them become a better observer of themselves. I'll say it a little different way. It's helping them to become a better observer of the observer that they are. And that's the really interesting piece is for people to begin to see how they observe the world. What I'll say is that we are all unique observers of the world. There's not another human being on the planet that's 100% sees, thinks, feels, and acts the same way that you do. 
And remember from last time, I'm calling that combination of how you see, think, feel, and act as your way of being. So there's not another person on the planet that has the same way of being as you. And I think we intuitively know that because we're in relationship with other people. But I think what we don't see sometimes is the importance of that and how much we might negate other people's ways of being in life, or maybe even our own. I think you're the starting point for this work. You're with you 24 seven. And so it's really important that you get straight with yourself and get okay with yourself. And so that's about noticing who you are and the habits you've built. So again, this will be about helping you be a better observer of the observer that you are. So one of the things that I do with my coaching clients or in the workshops that I do is I have a lot of visuals with my work, but I'm gonna not going to really be able to do that with you here, but I'm going to try to talk through it in a way that you can visualize it. And so the drawing that we use to depict the observer of the observer you are is really this eyeball up to the right, above and to the right of this person. And we're trying to convey this. It's, the person is a stick figure and we're trying to convey the observer that they are, their way of being is all that they bring with them to every moment. Uh, their history, where they grew up, who their parents were, their family was, all of that, your belief systems, every experience you've had in life and how you've made sense of it all kind of rolls up into your way of being. And we want to have you use that eyeball to notice that more powerfully. We call it oftentimes the big eye drawing. It's like we want to help you flex the big eye. So it's like real time, really noticing all of those aspects of yourself. And so the way that I do this in a coaching journey with my client is to start with some foundational ideas, which I'll do the same with you today. So the first one of those, and I mentioned it last time, is you can't change anybody else. The only person you can change is yourself. And so the focus, that's why we do flexing the big eye. The focus has to be on you looking at you. That's where your power to change is. Your power to change isn't out there. If you spend a lot of time and energy trying to change others in your life, I can promise you it's going to be futile. It's going to be frustrating. It will not work. And so your leverage, your power is in taking a more powerful look at yourself. And so that's starting point number one is, is in many ways, wake up and pay attention is about paying attention to you so that you can make changes in you. The interesting thing about that is the second point that I like to make with my clients is, ironically, we're not very good observers of ourselves. And, and it's actually built into our biology that we don't see each other as well as we don't see ourselves very well. What's interesting about it is I think we tend to see others really clearly because they're outside of us and we can see flaws or good things in them, but it's really hard sometimes to see it in ourselves. A lot of times, many of us encounter this concept when someone else gives us critical feedback or criticism or negative feedback and our immediate reaction is, that's not me. You don't know me. We get defensive and we react. And I would say that's the classic example of what I'm talking about there. There just may be aspects of yourself that you just can't see clearly. And why is that important? Because you cannot change what you don't see. So if you're blind to any of this stuff, which many of us tend to be, especially in those areas that aren't working in our lives, you can't change it. And so again, this is all about, let me help you see what you haven't been seeing about yourself. And then we can decide if you want to go about changing it. Let me reveal your blindness. 
So because this is a learning journey, the third point that I make is typically this, is to kind of point it at something. And that's it goes like this. If you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always gotten. So what do we call that? Someone that keeps doing the same thing over and over again, waiting for a different outcome. It's insanity, right? And I laugh at this because in many ways, I think we all kind of do some insane things from time to time. In an effort to get the best results, we repeat the same actions over and over again, waiting for a different outcome. Or we approach or talk to another person in our relationships the same way again and again and again. If I just say this 164 times to this person, they'll finally get it. And they probably won't. So I'm not making fun of the mental health industry at all. I'm just saying as normal, healthy human beings, we do insane stuff sometimes. Why is this important? Because here you go. Different results in your life. If you want any area to change, it demands different actions. You've got to take a different action. You cannot keep doing what you've been doing. And yet many of us tend to do that. So that's the third point. I've noticed through my lifetime many times, and it's taken me some time to notice that I keep repeating the same thing over and over again. I think about my business years ago and thinking that I had to figure out and do the marketing aspect of it all by myself. And I kept looping back to that. I've got to do this on my own. I've got to do this on my own. And then one day I suddenly realized, wait a minute, I can hire someone to help me. And that was like this massive aha which may not sound very big to you, but it was huge in the moment because I had probably spent six, seven or eight years thinking I had to do it on my own. And so I kept putting it off or yeah, putting off the learning. And it was a huge step. I finally hired somebody and made some great movement in that area pretty quickly. So that's the third one. And the last one is this really simple idea, but I think it's important. You're always at choice. You are always choosing. And I think many of us have lost sight of that fact sometimes, especially in areas where we're not getting what we want in our life. We tend to think we don't have any choice. We're at the mercy or the whim of someone else or some other entity. And I would say they may be doing some things, but you always can choose. And we often lose sight of that. The way I talk about that sometimes is who got up when the alarm clock went off this morning? who got up and made breakfast, who drove to the office if you drove to the office, or who went into your office if you work remotely these days, who sat down in the chair, who opened up the email program. You did. And so you're always choosing. You just may have lost sight of that. And so what I claim is that if you've lost sight of that, especially in a lot of areas of your life, you probably will settle into a mood of resignation because you feel like you don't have any choice in things. This is a strong word, but you might even take on a victim mentality that everything's happening to you in the world and you don't have any power anymore. And I would say that, yes, there are legitimate cases where we are victims, but in most day-to-day -day normal cases, that's not the case. So I want you to be at the other end of the spectrum, which is always choosing. Everything you do, choose it so that you are more powerful. I think it's a very empowering place for us to operate from. If you don't want to do something, say no, don't do it. And I think many of us even struggle to do that, to be able to say no when we really want to, for a lot of different reasons, which we'll explore in the podcast. But I'd rather you move through life and do things with other people, not out of obligation or anything like that, but more because you're choosing to do that. And so again, this journey will begin with you taking a more powerful look at you 
and so that you can notice some of this stuff you've been up to and you can then make some changes and you can choose to take a different action if you want to. So that's where we're headed in this journey. So to build on this, let me walk you through an exercise here. You probably can't do it in real time, but this is an experience that I take clients through typically at this point, especially if I'm doing a workshop, not so much when I'm doing one-on-one -on -one work, but I want to say this here to paint a picture for you so you get what I'm talking about. So imagine you're in a workshop with me and you've got a group of people, let's say these are your coworkers with you, and there's, there's 12 or 14 or 16 of you in the room. So I have people do an exercise to better understand and start to notice the observer they are. So what I have them do, often they're in a U-shaped configuration, and I say, okay, take 60 to 90 seconds, and on a blank piece of paper, what I want you to do is look around the room and write down everything you see, everything you notice, everything you observe. So people do that. They start writing. And actually, prior to that, I have them divide the page in half with a vertical line. And I say, write down everything you notice in 90 seconds on the left half of the page. And so they do that. And they write down what they see, windows and all kinds of different stuff. I mean, it could be a bunch of different things. And then I stop them and I say, okay, choose a partner for the rest of this exercise. And I have them get up and go choose a partner, someone across the room from them so they're not sitting in the same area. And then I tell them, go sit in your partner's seat. So they swap seats effectively with their partner. So what are they doing? Your mind may have already gone here. They're changing their perspective. They're changing their place in the room. So I say, okay, now that you've changed seats with your partner, I'm going to give you 90 seconds. And I want you to repeat what we just did on the right half of the page. So I give them 90 seconds. I say, write down everything you see, everything you notice in the room. And so they do that from a different place, from a different perspective. And then once they're done with that, I say, okay, get back together with your partner. And I want you to compare your lists, go through detail, your left side to their right side, your right side to their left side. And so I give them time to compare their lists. And it's stunning that it happens every time. I've been doing this for over two decades. And every time people start laughing, they get puzzled, they start nodding their head. It's amazing to watch them. But what happens is they begin to realize they're on some spectrum anywhere from very much alike in terms of what they wrote down to very different in terms of what they wrote down. Usually it's somewhat different to very different. And people are often stunned by this simple exercise to realize, oh my gosh, we're in the same simple room, given the same simple instructions, and we don't see the same thing. They literally do not write the same thing down on that piece of paper. And so I ask him, I said, why is that? Put you in the same seat, in the same room, the only thing that really changed is time. Why don't we have 100% the same list? And it becomes obvious to them, like, because we're different, because of perspective because we're not the same. And I'm like, yeah, but what does that mean? Well, in this vein, what it means is we're all unique observers. If you're married, you know this experience. You and your wife or your husband or your partner don't see things the same way. And when you bump up against those places where you don't, what do you do? How do you navigate it? Okay. And this is that's the stuff that we're looking at to for me to make the point about it's so important to begin at ground zero, this idea that we're all different observers. Everybody is a legit, valid observer in their own way. And then I asked them in this exercise to like, talk about why you saw what you saw and it's not the same as your partner. And they begin talking about 
their background and their experience and how they grew up. And it might be an ethnic issue. It might be a gender issue. It might be a training issue. Like the job that they've learned and focused on for two decades causes them to see things a certain way, whereas someone else is different. So an engineer sees differently than a marketing person, sees differently than an ops person, sees differently than a customer service person. And if you think about it, like this is playing out every day in the world. If you're encountering other people, you're encountering different observers constantly. And so I talked to them a little bit about, so let's talk about what we normally do with this. And I'll say things like, how many of you, when you encounter someone different than you, let's imagine work and you've got a meeting that things have been contentious with a person and you come into a meeting and they once again are expressing their different perspective. What do you do? Do you stop listening? Do you tune them out? Do you make them wrong? Do you listen for those places where you disagree and then you want to just hammer them? How do you handle that? I think most of us typically over time tend to do that. We don't understand and we just don't get it. And so at this point, I begin to ask them to look at what are the ways in which you're not appreciating or validating people who see, think, feel, and act differently than you. I think this is ground zero in our world. It's really important to create any kind of change, I think, is being able to acknowledge this, that you are a different, unique, legitimate observer from me, and now what? In particular, how do we build healthier relationships from that perspective? So the way I was taught and the expression I like to use is we, the grand illusion is that we all see the same world and we don't. Many of us move through the world as if it's obvious that what I see is what you see and we don't. We're very different and we're all legit. And so where do we go from here? I think what we need to do is instead of approaching people as if we all see things the same way, and then when we encounter instances where we don't, we think our job is to then change the other person, which we talked about you can't do. We have to flip this 180 degrees. I want people to begin approaching their relationships from the perspective of it's likely that we won't see it the same way or think about it the same way or believe the same thing or feel the same way or act the same way. And so now what? And so how do we bridge that gap? And so it opens up a whole space of, I think we come at it 180 degrees, which is how can I better understand where you're coming from? How do I legitimize where you're coming from? How do I be curious about how you saw, thought, felt, or acted the way you did? Because it's different than me. How do we connect? This is really fundamentally about connecting with others as opposed to moving further away from others. And so it's approaching people with a curiosity and a desire to ask questions and understand them and hopefully not judge what you're hearing, but really gain some insight into what you're hearing. So I hope this makes sense. And so I wanted to do this in the context of doing relationships with others, and to also say what I believe is probably most important is your relationship with you, is to start with you. Because if you think about it, you're with you 24-7, every moment of every day. And so the starting place is for you to notice yourself and how you tend to observe, how you tend to notice first and foremost. Because if you can learn and have some paradigm shifts or aha moments and insights into that. And in particular, 
what is it about that's not working in your life and go about changing that. If you can gain some growth and learning in that way, you can then use that same new awareness to look at others and interact with others and interact with the world. So I just mentioned a concept a minute ago about an aha moment or paradigm shift. I want to talk a little bit more about that. I think we may have all had those aha or light bulb moments where all of a sudden we saw ourselves or a situation differently for the first time in a long time. And that's an incredibly powerful moment. And we call that a an ontological shift or a shift in the way you see things, a shift in the observer that you are. It's huge because it then opens up a whole new world to you for you to then act upon. And I'll explain that in terms of one of the fundamental models that we use in my work here in just a second. But I want to talk a little bit about it now with regard to reminding you of an expression I used in the first episode. Heck, I may end up using this in every episode. The true journey of discovery consists not in searching for new territories, but in having new eyes. And it's an adapted version of Marcel Prost's quote that I gave you in the first. But listen to this. The true journey of discovery consists not in searching for new territories, but in having new eyes. Can you see yourself in a different way? Those things that you've been blind to that maybe others have tried to get you to see. Can you see others in a new way? with fresh new eyes, because it opens up all kind of new possibilities for your life. That's the learning that I'm hoping you can get from my podcast. And it requires, once again, maybe waking up, but certainly, first and foremost, paying attention to yourself in a different way. As I mentioned in the previous podcast, what I'm trying to do here, once we get into the nitty gritty, is give you a new framework or template from which to look at yourself, look at the observer that you are, so you can see yourself fresh in a new way. And, and that might be changing some of your thinking, it might be noticing some beliefs you have that are stopping you. It might be noticing how you speak or don't speak or listen or don't listen. That's not working in your life. It might be helping you see an emotion or a mood that you've been trapped in and learn how to shift that. It might be noticing your physical body and the way you sit, stand, or move that needs to be shifted. And I can teach you and talk with you about some new ways to do that. So that's where we're headed. So for today, in order to begin or continue that journey, I would like to try to paint a model for you that's a really important model in our world. We call it the Observer Action Results Model. So I've been talking with you already this whole episode about becoming a better observer of the observer you are. If you could imagine in your mind's eye three boxes going from left to right and arrows connecting each box going from left to right. And the three boxes are observer, actions, results. And so everything starts with the observer that you are, your way of being, which we've, you know, I repeatedly keep talking about. So another way to think about this is who you be right now in the world. This bundle of habits and patterns you've developed over time of seeing, thinking, feeling, and acting. And it's who you be. The middle box actions is are what you're doing every day. Most of you are probably very action-oriented people. You're doing a lot of stuff. Okay. And then the last box is results. And so that's what you're getting from your actions. But the observer always comes first. Your being, who you be, always comes before what you can and can't do. So that's the first step of this conversation is to look at how is the observer connected to my actions? Literally, 
what you can and can't see, the observer you are, opens up or closes a range of possible actions in your life. That's why I was talking about if you can see with fresh eyes, if you see something differently, it usually means you've got new actions available to you now that weren't available five seconds ago, which is exciting. It actually comes with a lot of energy. It's really the essence of growth. So everything starts with the observer you are. And in any given situation, you often are thinking about or looking at these are the possible actions I could take. Okay. And so often we choose an action and we get a result. And what I would say is that anywhere in your life right now where you're taking actions, you're doing things and you're getting the results you want, rock on. It's working. So there's really nothing to be changed. We won't be addressing that so much in this podcast. It's working. So great. And you'll notice the language I'm using is it's working or not working. That's the paradigm from which I want you to evaluate everything we're talking about. Not is it right or wrong? Am I doing the right action or taking the wrong action? It's more, is this working for me and others in my life or is it not working? And if the evaluation is it's not working, then we got to get about shifting. it. Okay. But again, from who we are, who we be, the observer, we're always acting and we're getting a result. So what happens in life when you're doing something and you don't get the result you want? What we often will do is we'll loop back and try a different action. Okay. Heaven forbid we don't repeat the same action waiting for a different result, which we talked about earlier, which is insanity, right? We try a different action that was available to the observer we are. We go, let me try number two. Let's say we try that. It doesn't work. I go, let me try action number three that I saw. We try that. Still doesn't work. Then we go, let me try this last one, action number four. And we take that and it doesn't work. So essentially you've run out of actions you can see to take, and you're still not getting the result you want in some area of your life. Okay. Any area I'm talking about results with a capital R, any area financially, well-being, health, fitness, your relationships, any area of your life where you're not getting the results you want. And you've run out of actions to take. And this is what we often say to people as I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. Help. Okay. And so we can, again, try a different action, but we've exhausted all our actions. What do we do now? That's when we would say you come all the way back to the first box. Remember I said three boxes, observer action results. Instead of looping back to the action box in the middle, you go back to the observer you are. And you take a more powerful look using these distinctions I'm going to share with you as we get into this. You take a more powerful look is what is it about the way I tend to see things, think, feel, and act that has me stuck? Literally what I need to do or want to do in this situation isn't even on my radar. There's something about the way I'm thinking or speaking or feeling or acting that has me trapped here. And so that's what we call the ontological shift, the ontological learning is coming back to looking deeply at our way of being and perhaps noticing what's in our way and creating the aha so that we can then take the action we need to take. That's in our world called a transformational shift. And again, for many of us, real life, it often feels like the aha moments or the paradigm shifts, or the where our blindness is revealing us, oh my gosh, I didn't see that before, now I do, and I can take a different action. And it's incredibly powerful for most of us. So in a way, what we're trying to do is create many more aha moments for you as you move forward in life. In a way, what we're trying to do is I'm asking you to flex that big eye, to flex a muscle 
of paying attention to yourself perhaps more and more, almost like running a parallel track in your life of being fully present and then noticing that moment to moment to moment. I hope this phrasing makes sense to you. But it's the first model that's really important, and we'll get into the next model in the next episode. But for today, I wanted it to be all about the idea of becoming a better observer of your way of being, becoming a better observer of the observer that you are. So that's it for today. And I want to wrap up by just talking maybe a little bit about, you know, what did we cover today? We talked about helping you notice yourself more. We talked about you can only change yourself, not someone else. I used the phrase in the first episode, and I'll repeat it again here, which is, have you ever noticed that every time in your life when things were screwed up, you were there? <laughs> the opposite is also true. When everything was going well, you were there too, but you're the common denominator. That's why the focus has to be on noticing more about yourself. We talked about, actually, biologically, what I'm asking you to do is hard to do. It's really hard to see in yourself sometimes things so that you can change. Whereas oftentimes it's really easy to see those inadequacies or flaws in other people. It's just a weird thing that kind of the way we're built. We talked about insanity and if you want a different result, you're going to have to take a different action. You can't keep doing the same thing over and over again. And we talked about we're always at choice. So that's what I really want to make sure you begin to take a look at is what have you been choosing? What are the results your choices are driving day in, day out, and maybe some that you have stopped noticing anymore. So it's now time to empower yourself more by noticing your choices and making some different choices and getting a better result. And finally, we talked about that basic model observer action results. And so hopefully I've been able to paint a picture of it in such a way that it makes sense. So as we end episode two, I want to actually ask you to do a homework assignment, which is not too complicated, but between now and the next episode, or when you listen to me again, maybe the next two to three weeks, I just want you to begin noticing how you observe, begin paying attention to how you see things and how it's different than maybe others. Begin noticing how you think, what's that internal conversation, that head noise saying repetitively, and maybe that's the thing that needs to shift. I want you to begin, just notice how you notice. That's the practice. And that may sound really weird. Maybe it doesn't sound as tangible, but it actually is very action-oriented. Start flexing that big eye and start to notice how you tend to notice things. And if you want to up the ante, then based on what you notice, talk to one or two trusted friends or people in your life and say, what do you see here? What do you notice here? See how different they may see, think, feel, and act than you. It might open up some possibilities for a new way of seeing things and a new way to act that you're really looking for in life. But in order to create this first step of growth, your homework for a little while now is going to be notice how you tend to notice and try to do that as non-judgmentally as you can. And let's see what you discover. And we'll come back and build on this in the next episode. So I wish you great luck with practicing that. I'll be curious to maybe at some point somehow hear what those observations are. It's always fascinating to hear what they are with my clients. But remember, we're just on the first step of the journey. Learning takes time and practice. To quote the famous movie, What About Bob? with uh, Richard Dreyfuss and Bill Murray. Baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. Okay. 
just start taking some baby steps. Have a great week and I'll be talking to you soon. Well, my friends, that's a wrap for today. I'm so grateful you joined me and hope you feel energized by the insights we took a deeper look at together. If anything resonated with you or inspired new thinking, drop me a note. I'd love to hear your biggest takeaway. Please join me next time as we dive deeper into this never-ending journey of self-discovery. Until then, be well, be present, live fully and authentically, wake up and pay attention.